Hello! Welcome to ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw. This is episode 67. Time don't wait for no one Leaving you broken Especially when you're under the gun Makes things complicated Leaving you jaded Toward everything that's under the sun Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the show today. I want you to know that I see you as warriors. All right, I see you as fighters, as people not not giving up, not quitting. You're listening. All right, this is this is a step. This is something on the way to recovery. You know, repentance is this word that religious people stole and and twisted it into meaning some kind of a. Uh, religious thing like stop doing fun stuff that kind of thing um like i've said before in the show uh desire is good god made desire sexual desire is good it's just channeling that and working it into something that's going to give you uh more lasting long-term pleasure than you know just feeding the monster heard a guy say feeding your flesh is like trying to feed a whale a tic-tac i love that it's just not going to satisfy you. This kind of surfacey sexual addiction that you have is just not—it's just not satisfying you, and that's probably why you're listening. Uh, that, and that's repentance, right? That's a sign of repentance. Like here, I've got this thing. I'm—I'm I'm not able to control my my desires, and it's destroying things around me. Stuff in my life is burning down. Help. Somebody help. God, please help me. As many times have I prayed that. Um, but this, this, this is getting to work. I prayed for years that God would take this from me. And, and the fact is that uh, moving out of the place of addiction was a journey. It was a huge journey. And there was a lot more that God had for me in that than just simply removing some kind of a virus from from inside my system again thanks for listening uh, I had a couple of announcements I wanted to make um, number one is uh, I've had some emails people asked why don't you have a message board Russ that would be cool if you had a message board and actually um, higher calling uh, it's actually higher dash calling.com is a great resource that uh, I have linked on the links page and they are the reason I don't have a message board I think that John down there at hire-calling.com does a great job in uh, putting that up and doing that triple um, X church is another great resource which uh, with a message board um, I like hire-calling because it's a little more tame um, Depending on where you are in your compulsive stage of your addiction, uh, 
I would like to see you, you know, in a place where it's a little more uh, guarded. Like uh, they they spend some time on higher dash calling, watching the 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 you know who is in there um, blogging. So Triple X Church is a little more lenient. They let a little more people in who you know may disagree and stuff like that, which I think is great too. But there may be some language in there that may be a bit triggery. Uh, they also watch the website as well, uh, making sure people don't put up porn, you know, URLs and stuff like that. But uh, again, I, I love Triple X Church, a uh, little more edgy, uh, higher-calling.com, a uh, little more kind of a healing uh, aspect to it. So I wanted to talk about those two places where you can uh, do kind of group online. Uh, I don't recommend that you only do group online. You need to get out and see some people face-to-face. I recommend that you're in a group where you are talking with people where you're not able to hide behind the screen. Like it's, in- it's easy to be intimate and to share your heart behind a screen when no one can see your face, see your nonverbal body language, stuff like that. So I think that that's important for your healing is to get in a group where you're seeing people face-to-face, where you have to be a little bit more vulnerable. I think that that's important as well. Um, also, if you could leave a review of the show on iTunes or uh, Podcast Alley or Yahoo or Podbean, any place that you are, are downloading the show, I would certainly appreciate it. One of the main reasons for that is I've had people who have emailed me who are actually looking for porn and found my show. And I think that that's a great uh, way to send out the ripple effect because the more reviews of the show there is, the, the higher ranking of the show and, you know, stuff like that. The more, um, I just want to get the message out there that there is hope and that, uh, you know, that the the next orgasm isn't always the thing that's going to save people. If they can start to just kind of get the glimpse of what sexuality can be outside of this surfacey hand-to-mouth kind of trying to choke down shot glasses of sand when we're thirsty for water type of sexuality. So that's my uh, that's my advocacy here on the ASI show. Um, continuing on, I just wanted to make another plead for uh, donations. So I pray that uh, you continue with the donations, keep them coming in. I thank you for the, the folks that have donated. I appreciate it immensely, and I, I pray that just uh, more people would uh, stop by the website, ASI247.org, and uh, partner with me to uh, leave this ripple effect. Uh, but I'm not here to tout money. I'm not here to, you know, do this to make a living or anything like that. I, I don't, not even close. Uh, looking to do some speaking stuff like that, but that's later on down the road. Uh, I still got stuff to heal from. I'm still uh, some issues that I'm still working out. I'm still building the ministry, and and I'll never be perfect. But I think as long as we, uh, as Christians, but not mere Christians like the, most of the people who call themselves Christians uh, being being more of an attitude of the blood bought we realize that we just point back to Jesus and uh, putting our hope and trust in him and I want to kind of unpack some of that today and, and 
explain to you what that means because a lot of you are listening right now and you're not Christians and you're going, oh, God, there's no Christian dudes. He's going to you know, harp on me about Jesus. And, and here's the deal. I'm not here to harp on you. Okay, I'm here to uh, show you reality from my standpoint, from a guy who had this thing um, pretty deep, inflicted pretty bad with us. If you've listened to the show, you understand. I've uh, been an adulterer, and before that, there was a good uh, many years of porn addiction that led up to that. Okay, porn isn't why I cheated on my wife. I don't blame porn for the fact that I... uh, cheated on my wife. I don't blame the fact that I was sexually abused for the fact that I cheated on my wife and and caused her all that pain. Basically, the reason all of that happened is because I didn't choose to heal a lot earlier. And here's and here's what I wanted to say. Here's what I want to talk about. I got a kind of a new analogy for you to help you explain some of my frustration with Christianity and and most churches. Most churches like to say that uh, we had, they look at sin as an infestation too, but they like to say, you know, you have an ant problem. And they look at behavior as like the ants that are crawling around on the surface. You know, I've had an ant problem in my house. we got these little sugar ants, the little tiny, called odorous house ants, these little black ants. And they're, man, they're just, they come out of the woodwork, literally. Even after we had our house fire and the house burned about, lost about three quarters of everything we own, we come back and the ants are still there. It's like, what is up with the ants, right? And I think a lot of churches are great at telling you how to kill the ants that are crawling around the surface. You know, get some traps, get some spray, and you'll kill the ants, right? Just work on that behavior. And, and this is 12-step also. If you're listening to me and you've had, you know, been through 12-step recovery for alcohol or drugs or anything else, and you're trying to apply that to sexual addiction, or maybe you're in an SA group, um, I just pray that you understand uh, that there's something deeper going on. Because as SA groups and, and, and Alcoholics Anonymous and that kind of theology is also very good at killing ants. My goal here is to expose you to, to, to your heart and to work on your heart that is so much deeper than just psychology and religion. It is so much deeper than just managing your behavior. Got an email from a listener named Chet who is uh, big into the 12-step recovery. He's gone uh, five years and uh, free from sexual addiction. I'm proud of him. My hat's off to him. Um, sent an email a little concerned that some of my uh, my 12-step talk may be actually hindering or hurting people. And I want to address that in this show, in the next two shows, because I think it's important that you understand where I'm coming from, because you're going to sit especially if you're a Christian um, filled with the Holy Spirit type, right? You're going to sit in recovery groups, SA groups, and you're going to hear some conflicting theology from me and from them, depending on where you go. But even if it's in a church-based 12-step group, um, you're going to hear a conf- conflicting theology. And hopefully in this show, I'm going to be able to uh, tell you why that is. Because I think it's important. I don't want you to. Uh, I don't want you to think I'm hindering people or hurting people. I, I don't want to mess with your recovery. I think that there's some great stuff in twelve step, but I'm also going to get under the surface of that. Okay. If there's anything I can plead with you is to stop managing your behavior and pay attention to your heart. 
because the heart is where the queen ant lives, right? If you're going to kill the ants that are in your house, you have to go for the queen. And that's the funny thing that the exterminator told me. He said that the, uh, the main problem with them is multiple queens. There's multiple queen ants in these colonies, and they can be all over your house. You have to find the queen and kill the queen. Because here's the deal. You can kill all the little ants crawling around on the surface, but the queen ant is still deep inside there someplace, and it's giving birth to all those little sins that crawl around on the surface. All those little things that are running around, right? Like, you want to know why you haven't been able to kick this thing? You want to know why that you repent and you, and you, you know, you go back to it? Relapse, right? You want to know why? Because there's something deeper going on. There's a queen ant that's giving birth to that. And that's one of the criticisms I get from recovery people is I call myself an ex-addict. Now, calling yourself an addict, I don't think is all wrong for a season because I do believe that there's a phase, a compulsive phase to addiction where you are not in control of your life, where that thing is controlling you and you don't control it. I think it's important, very important to break your pride and realize that, okay? But I also want you to understand that if you do accomplish the goal of 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 managing your behavior, Without killing one of those queen ants of pride, of resentment, right? Of the hurts and wounds, deep hurts and wounds inside you that you were made and built to worship, that you put your hope in something when you wake up every morning, that you have passion that flows, that you have desires that flow in a certain direction. That's worship. Whether you like it or not, that's what I'm talking about. That's what the definition of worship is. You are going after something. Your heart is chasing something deep inside you. Your heart is chasing something. That's where relapse comes from. Do you understand? And it's not just relapse. It's not just going five years and then all of a sudden you fall off the wagon. It's going five years and then you freaking become addicted to something else. Right? So I, I hope, I pray that you understand this, that I've, I've read the emails, man, I've got hundreds of them from people, and a lot of them from people who are quoting me back 12-step theology, because they've been through groups on, uh, for alcohol or for drugs, and now they're here, okay? Where did that theology get you? It's deeper than that. I pray you understand that. And that's what I'm after. That's what I'm after in this show. That is reality, okay? That's another part of the, the Matrix. I did a show on the Matrix and, and the analogy of, of aloneness, being alone and shutting ourselves away from, you know, God and other people and just isolated kind of attitude. And um, the movie The Matrix is a great example. It's It's the gospel basically brought up in a sci-fi movie. But there's a line in the movie where uh, Morpheus says, Reality. What? What? What is reality? Really? What is it? Explain to me reality. You think it's what you see around you? I want to challenge your convictions, and I want to challenge what you see as real around you. Okay. That's what I want to challenge you with. That's my goal on the show. Not to stuff religion down your throat, because I freaking hate religion. Okay, and like I've tried to describe in a few shows back is that Jesus comes to bust up the pipes of religion, to bust up the whole 
you know, the whole concept of merit and demerit. I was listening to a Christian radio station, which I shouldn't do because I, I get frustrated most of the time when I do. I heard this pastor talking about this passage of, of Luke 3, which has some of the stuff in here that you're going to need to recover. This is a great example. This is from the Bible, okay? Um, listen, I know a lot of you aren't Christians. I'm going to read from the Bible, and I want you to hang with me, okay? Hang with me. I'm going to, I'm going to expose you to truth here, and I want you to uh, run it through your system, and I want you to start to look with new glasses at, at the scope of reality. So, that's simply what I'm trying to get you to understand from someone who's been there. Okay, I'm two and a half years clean of this stuff, and I thought that there was no hope. I thought there was no hope for me in sexual addiction. I thought that I was stuck forever and I was never going to get free. I'm, I'm two and a half years free, and that is awesome. If there's anything, you know, I'm not saying I'm some guru or anything like that, but if there's anything that I can, you know, get into your head to, to help you listen, to just to get you to hear me out, okay? It's this. It's that I'm not stuck anymore, and there's freedom, and it's awesome. It's really, it's awesome. It really is. Being, when I noticed, when I realized that I got a year without porn, I'm like, oh my God, that is, that is awesome. Because I never thought I'd ever get there. I thought getting free of porn was was not even doable. I didn't think I could do it. And the truth is, I didn't, right? God initiates and we respond. That's a love thing. When we can stop listening to the accuser, when we can stop getting those attitudes and those convictions out of our heart that God has us under wrath, all right? When we start to look at, wow, God put his wrath on Jesus, not me. You know, when we start to realize that, when you start to see that, you know, I'm in sales. Well, that's one of the things about sales is I can go out and have a, have a crummy day in sales and start to look at God and go, you know, maybe if I give this, this pizza to this homeless guy, then I'll have a better day, <laughs> right? It's that merit and demerit thing. You know, I, I should want to give the, the homeless guy a pizza just because, you know, to, to be a good dude, not because I want something in return. That goes back to karma. See, God initiates and we respond. It's Jesus is understanding the love of God and understanding that Jesus loves me no matter how crummy and how busted up I am. And that's when love starts to, to flow. That's where it starts, right? Do you understand? I pray that you get that. That a lot of those thoughts, that self-talk that's running through your head, like, I'm stupid, and I'm a jerk, and I need to stop, and I need to, you know, I need to do this so I can get that. It's nothing to do with that. Love doesn't work out of, you do this for me, and then I'll love you. No. It's, wow, I see your attitude towards me. You really love me, don't you? Does that make sense? Breaking the pattern of habitual sin is doable. Okay? But you have to submit and you have to let go of some things. So hang with me here. I'm going to start in Luke uh, 3. I'm going to start in 15 and then I'm going to go back. Because this is kind of what the people hear after they hear John the Baptist speak. Right, John the the baptizer. Okay, he's not a Baptist. I'll, I'll rephrase that. He's not like he starts thinking of the Baptist denomination. No, he was a baptizer. He was the guy who was the predecessor for Jesus. Um, 
born before Jesus is kind of a miraculous thing, and God had John to set the way, to lead the way for for the coming of Jesus. And John here, uh, after doing his talk about repentance, about recovery, if you will, about uh, letting go of the sinful stuff that seems to own us, after John tells the people all this stuff, he says this, he says, um, here's basically the result of that. Um, this is uh, Luke 3, uh, starting in 15. As the people were in expectation and all were questioning their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay, when I heard this guy talking about this passage in the Bible on the radio, it it ticked me off because he's going through this passage, which is an awesome passage about repentance, and he's tying it to like this afterlife kind of, you're going to hell if you don't get right right now kind of a thing. And it it just just bypassing the need for for Jesus altogether all right we're saved by grace we we accept Jesus he died on the cross for our sins all right it's no longer merit and demerit if we believe that if we accept that if we realize that in our hearts that is that is the analogy that John was doing with this whole water baptism. Still today in the church, there's just so much weight on water baptism, and I think that's important. Okay, I'm not against water baptism. I'm not. I'm. I'm I think it's a great ritual. It's a great uh, kind of like a rite of passage, you know, showing that hey, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm going to believe in the Bible, and I'm going to lead my life. That, but most people who do it just do it. Maybe I don't know what their their motivations are, but a lot of them I think they think that's going to fix them, right? Like I'm going to get baptized, and I'm not going to sin anymore. No, because what Jesus does is when we realize who He is, when we realize that God loves us so much that He's willing to sacrifice Jesus to buy us back from our sin, when we realize that, then we start to to kill off the the queen ants. Okay, and I'll explain that a little more in a in a minute. But basically, being baptized by fire is letting go of some of those convictions because they run deep, and we don't want to let go of them. Like pride, like resentment, like I should be getting mine. Those those are the queen ant kind of sins, and those are the ones that give birth to to lust and, and stuff like that. And it's not so much lust, sexual lust. Uh, that can come out of a resent-filled heart. Do you understand? A resentful heart. Those are the queen ants. So being baptized by fire, understanding the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and that we start to change, our hearts start to change, our desires start to change. And then there's this conflict going on, right? That's that two-dog battle starts to go on and it starts to hit heavy, okay? And that's what I'm talking about when it comes to repentance. So Luke chapter 3 um starting in uh, verse 4 as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord make his path straight every valley shall be filled 
Every mountain shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places shall become level ways. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Um, that is uh, what I talk about when I talk about uh, heart intelligence. And that's another thing about community, being in community, uh, being in a, in, a, in a group or something like that. You start to be able to see yourself from outside of you. When you start to be able to share your heart and people can see out on the surface what's coming out of you, it, it helps to level some of those peaks, right? Some of those those kind of prideful peaks because that's another one. Pride is another freaking queen ant, right? I got to get mine. I'm this guy and everybody should respect me and for men especially, man, respect is a killer. Uh, respect. I mean, we just crave respect. We just want it like slathered barbecue sauce on ribs, right? Give me respect. And and that can just go right straight to pride. And pride is one of those queen ants. Pride is a, a queen ant that gives birth to little ants like lust and, and the last time you you know, you jerked off to porn, right? Whatever. It's it's one of those deals. And that's what's important about group. It's it's just being able to have someone see the surface you and what's coming out of your heart. When you get in group and you start explaining the stuff that's in the deep parts of your heart, it can it can be exposed. It can be exposed in the light in front of other loving people who are there to, to, to help you, you know, fellow Christians who, who want to help you with that. And not all Christians are jerks, right? Not all Christians are just superficial, freaking evangelical types. They're not. There are some good people out there. If there's no group in the church that you're in, if there's no midweek, you know, I'm not just talking about Bible study. People can get into Bible studies and just talk about surfacey stuff too. But if there's a Bible study that's real, you know, I encourage you to get involved in that stuff, even if it's a Bible study, right? I mean, go into, you don't have to go to some sexual purity type of a group to start out, you can go to a Bible study where people are talking about heart issues. If they're not, if they're just talking kind of surfacey stuff, um, I would get out. I would opt out. I would, you know, if they're not talking about repentance, how Jesus can meet me in my heart and heal me from the inside out, and and you know, who is Jesus and what is worship? If they're not talking stuff like that, then find another group. But that's uh, leveling those high those high peaks, the, the peaks of pride. Um, the valleys, understanding our valleys. You know, I, I play rock and roll on this show. I've been criticized for that, you know, and some of the music's kind of negative, and sometimes you talk about negative stuff, Russ. What's up with that? Um, the Bible's not all about happy thoughts, okay? It's just not. Just happy, warm, Jesus feelings, and, you know, uh, a great example of this is, uh, this guy, Matt Chandler, church in Texas, talks about the the Noah's Ark, right? This this kind of superficial, trite way of looking at the the, the Bible and the Old Testament. Like when did when did uh, Noah's Ark become this kind of children's thing that's warm and fuzzy for kids? I went by this church and the the whole children's ministry. They like built Noah's Ark, right? And the building looks like Noah's Ark, and all the kids go in there and they do. Do you realize what what Noah's Ark and that whole thing signifies and means, okay? That's when God killed everyone, 
Okay, that's that's kind of dark, all right? God says, Noah, I'm going to have grace on you. Grab your family. Grab the animals. I'm going to burn off the curse in all these people and uh, grab all the animals because they need to be on the boat, and we're going to, we're going to kill everybody. I mean, that's just, that's what he did. That's what happened. That's what Noah's Ark is about. So when did that become like this children's story? We make little kids and little, oh, little two by two, the little sheeps and stuff. I mean, that's just so trite. Okay, that's a dark story. I've talked about before, I heard these two church ladies and they're standing outside a Hot Topic and they're going looking at these guys with the tattoos and the t-shirts with skulls on them and they're going, it's just about death and the whole culture is becoming about death and when did skulls get so famous? And they have these crosses hanging around their neck. And I had that kind of delayed intelligence, you know, I wish I would have, I wish I would have said this, I wish I would have walked up and said, listen, you have a cross around your neck, okay? You know what that means? All right, like we killed God, okay? That's pretty dark. We we killed God. Like God, Jesus came here to, to set us free from sin, and then all that had to happen, and, and that's part of it. He, that's how God set us free from sin. But that's pretty dark, all right? Our own pride and all of our, our sin as people killed God, the, the religious people. It was the religious people too, you know. And that's another thing that drives me crazy about you know some of the anti-Christian people. I was like the Jews will say, oh, well, you know, Passion of the Christ comes out, and they say it was anti-Semitic. I'm like what? And Jesus is a Jew. How can he be anti-Semitic? All right, Jesus isn't anti-Semitic. He's anti-religion. And I pray you uh, understand that and figure that out. Because even if you get this right, and even if you conquer sexual addiction, you can just become filled with pride, right? Like, I've conquered this thing now. Now I get the, to look down on other people. You know, if you can say, I did it without Jesus, you know, and even if it's it's kind of a under-the-surface thing, you know, we, well, I got Jesus in my heart, but we don't really talk about that, right? We talk about all the the steps that it took for us to get us there and the disciplines that we did and how great we are because we're so disciplined, you know, then that's just religious, right? Do, do you understand? Um, because that can work for me, right? That can work for me. The, the disciplines that I, steps that I took might work for me, but the, what's going to work for you is going to be a little different because you're not me. And Jesus changes all of us. There's a different way that God relates to each and every one of us. We all have different gifts. We're born with different passions, different uh, different stuff that God gave us. So I hope you understand this attitude. It's like, um, I'm good, I'm great, follow me. But we never really point to Christ. Right? then we have this kind of intolerant, frustrated attitude with people because we think we know. And that's a lot of people who end up out of recovery or, you know, the religious people who, you know, they they don't do these things that that you and I do because their lives were different. They have different disciplines. Um, Maybe they had a different upbringing, stuff like that. Like that worked for them. So they can look at us and say, well, why don't you just do the things I did and then you would have the life I have because I'm not you. Right? And that's what I want you to understand about Jesus Christ, is that he comes in, he enters your heart, and that love comes out 
from the inside. All right, Jesus fills you with the Holy Spirit, and that love shines from inside you, outward. It's a reflection of Christ. All right, Jesus, Jesus found me. All right, I didn't find God one day, and then I got clean from sex addiction. No, Jesus found me, entered my heart, and I'm shining that forth out, you know, out forth from from inside me. That's that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm trying to do here is to show you Jesus and not myself and not how great Russ Shaw is, because I'm not great. All right, I, I didn't even finish high school. I'm a freaking I'm a, almost a forty year old pizza man. All right, I'm going to point you towards Jesus because I'm not disciplined enough to have to conquer sex addiction. But that's just the truth. Because I could sit here and tell you all the steps and the ways that I did it and the way that I got there. But the truth is that it's not about how I did it. It's about how you're going to be able to accomplish this, to conquer this through Jesus Christ, through him filling your heart. Because I could sit here and tell you this, the steps that I took and the things that I did. But the facts are I can get frustrated with you because you're not doing what I did. All right. That's the Pharisees back in the first century. Right. They look at all the dirty people and all the messed up people and all the people with leprosy. And they say that is a that's because you sin. Right. You're not working out your karma very well. Some religions would say. Okay, that's not Jesus. Well, who did Jesus meet with? All right? Jesus was guilt by association. He hung out with the people. He hung out with the busted people. He hung out with the messed up people, right? So we're either like the Pharisees or we're or like the church ladies who are pointing the finger at the at the kids with the piercings and the tattoos, okay? It's it's not <laughs> it's it's pride. And it's just another queen ant that gives birth to other little sins. Even if you conquer the lust, you you start to become this other person. All right? And that's another thing. It's realizing that you're changing. And, and making your path straight is another thing that John talks about. Well, you're crooked and you need to straighten out, you crooked, crooked person. Okay, there's something deeper going on there. Making your path straight is understanding love, and then your thoughts can flow out of love and, 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 and start to really see things a lot clearly. Making the path level, all right? A race car can't go down a dirt 4x4 four four road. If you're going to live your life and, and have this, this purity, this clean, burning fuel of desire of your life, that's that's a lot different than just behavior management, right? Because once you understand love, discipline follows. Like forcing, disciplining yourself to love rarely works, hardly ever works. You can't force yourself to love something or someone. It's very, very difficult. Some people can, sure. But when you love someone, when someone loves you, discipline follows. You, you want to do nice things for them. You want to help them. You want to love them. You don't have to white-knuckle it when you understand that depth of love. And this is what I believe John is talking about when he says making the crooked paths straight, making the bumpy, gravelly paths you know, smooth and level. It's because passion is part of love, right? Love gives birth, but love and, and passion, 
are really what gives birth, right? And God gives us that love, and God gives us that passion. And when they can flow from a from an honest, pure, clean, burning desire, that's purity, man. Purity's not. I saw this uh, this thing talking about sexual purity, and it showed like a like a glass of water, you know, this pure like water. And I think that's a great analogy too, but also fuel, right? Like a clean burning kind of fuel that's not full of junk and additives and impurities and you know stuff that makes your engine clunk around but but clean burning passion that's the kind of sexuality that I want you to experience that's the kind of life I want you to experience you know beyond just sex beyond relationship I mean sex is is a it's 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 a byproduct of relationship of a beautiful, clean-burning desire. I, I pray that you get that. Because really, that's the discipline that God's looking for. Right? The word disciple, it's about love. You know, Jesus is the, is the better rock. The whole Old Testament, the whole Bible is about Jesus. Jesus is the the better rock in the in the desert than Moses, you know, he hits the stick with a rock and all that flowing water comes out. While they're out there complaining and bitching and moaning, and Jesus is the rock. That rock. You know? God with with uh, Abraham. Right? Abraham he tells Abraham, he says what? He says, "Now I know you love me." Abraham and it's it's funny how all these religions are built off Father Abraham, right? And you know, I, Father Abraham wasn't the greatest guy either. You know, I'm gonna bang the maid because I don't trust God to get me a baby. God said He's gonna you know give us children, so I don't know if I want to wait around. You know, is that all right, Sarah? We're gonna we're gonna you know bring this person in. I'm gonna bang the maid. I mean, Father Abraham had his struggles too. He was a human being. So I just pray that you understand the love when we can <clears throat> trust, when we can put our hands in, in, in Christ Jesus, really, honestly. That's where love flows. That's where we start. I'm going to end the show here. My name is Russ. Uh, I'm going to do a two-part on this deal uh, on Luke here and uh, John the Baptist's little speech there. Uh, my my email is russ at asi247.org. You want to send me an email, I would certainly appreciate it. Uh, the website is asi247.org. You can uh, click on the links page. You can go to higher-calling.com. You want to see more uh, Bible stuff, you can click on the Faith tab. There's all sorts of uh, Bible study type of information on there. Um, you can go to the music tab click on music and you can see the bands that I've uh, played on the show download the tunes have a soundtrack for your recovery till next time this is Family Force 5 again with Face Down remember life is 20% the stuff that's happened to you and 80% how you react to it Thanks for listening. Till next time. Bye. I 
shut my eyes in search of sleep Tossed and turned in hope for dreams Awakened by a voice that was so clear It felt so near to me